Welcome to the Big Ed Idea Podcast, a podcast for those looking to change the world through education. Each week, we bring you a new idea, however big or bold it is, that has the potential to disrupt, upheave, or remix education. Now, here's your host, my dad, Ryan Scott. This is episode five of the Big Ed Idea Podcast. Um, if you have been with me since the beginning, um, you will know I have been shooting for 1% growth on every episode. So my prayer and, and my sincere hope is that at the end of this episode, I am 5% better than when I started. So having said that, um, I'm really excited um, to meet, well, not to meet, to get to let some of you meet, um, quite honestly, my ultimate man crush. Um, we <laughs> we have had a uh, so I have known this dude. Um, he he's literally my doppelganger. Um, I, how I'm not even sure how when it was that we met in Henderson, Kentucky. Um, my former principal Rob Carroll had this crazy dude um, come and speak to our district, and at the time um, I was. Quite honestly, I was in a kind of a rut in my career, um, kind of looking for some, you know, spark and some motivation and a, and a God wink, I guess. And then I heard this, some dude called Teach Like a Rockstar was going to be coming and talking to us. And I was like, yeah, that, you know, that sounds right up my alley. So um, lo and behold, this dude, his name is Hal Bowman. Um, we met in a middle school auditorium. Um, just so, just so happened, he literally looked a lot like me and I still have the picture and I will probably post it to let all of you know, just, just how awesome, um, you know, how good looking we are. So, uh, without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Hal Bowen, Bowman, um, Hal, thank you so much for taking your time. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to this. This is, uh, I mean, just, you know, hearing that story, it brings back so many memories, with um, being there in Henderson and how all that came together. And, you know, I can still remember details about that day. And one of the ones that stick out was me and you standing in the hallway, taking a picture of each other. And I'm thinking, no one's going to believe this. Yeah, right. If it wasn't bad, it was just, there's one of me that's worse. Now there's two of me. Yeah. And I want to say it was like, it was 10 years ago. I was thinking that somewhere between eight and 10. Yeah, I really think so. So we were 10 years younger 10 years better looking probably at that time yeah yeah <laughs> all right so how um let our listeners know you know a little bit about you um you know i will say you know how did you know i did meet him with the teach like a rock star but he is so much more than that so how if you could just just give us a quick you know your your education you know backstory and and why you're in education yeah, man, this whole thing started, man, it's so unlike, I think, most teachers, and maybe that's something that we share in that I think right. a lot of educators that come to this, this awesome profession is because they were, they were loving school, man, and they loved being there, they loved being in, in classes, and they did well academically, and they had an awesome trapper keeper, <laughs> and, you know, and, and they, and they were president of student council, and drill team, and band, and football, and soccer, and all that stuff, and they thought, well, I'm just going to keep doing this, and then they, you know, went to college, became a teacher, and they, and that wasn't my deal at all, man, you know, I just, I really, really struggled in, in so many ways 
uh, not just academically, just having an interest in school. And, um, and one thing led to another. And I just had those thoughts, like, what if I could do something different, which is so absurd, you know, looking back on it, <laughs> but what if I, what if I could figure this thing out? And what it was, man, is my mom was a teacher and I had a couple, a couple of educators that between my mom and a couple of educators, I thought, man, man, what, what if I could have that kind of an impact? Even though I struggled and I sucked academically, I thought maybe I could do something cool. And and so I went to college and and student teaching. And you man, I just got I just got addicted to the feeling of being a teacher and the and the feeling of what it's like to have an impact on a kid's life. Man, that's so awesome. Um, so I think I know this. Weren't you a band director or a band teacher at one time? Yeah, that was my deal. You know, as as I started out in uh, as a music educator and. And that was the only class I kind of liked. And I thought, well, let me just do that. And then in Texas, I don't know if you know this, but like football is kind of a thing here. <laughs> and, and because, yeah, I mean, because football is a thing, that means band is a thing. Right. And it is incredibly competitive and high stakes. And, and um, you know, I just got to a point after a few years, man, I was, you know, you have to live at the band hall when I was going home, maybe nine, 10 o'clock at night and summer band hall in camps and band boosters and fundraising. And it dawned on me that very little really had to do with teaching kids. There's so much other stuff to be competitive. And I thought, well, what if I teach something else? And, and I went and passed a test. I went and passed a biology test because oh, in Texas, if you, once you have a certificate, if you if you can pass a test, you can teach whatever. So I pass. I got a seventy one. Next thing I know, I'm there teaching biology. And um, and I don't want to call it teaching biology. I don't want to insult any biology teachers by saying what I was doing was teaching. I was just kind of sponsoring a biology class. And uh, <laughs> and then I moved from there to teaching some language arts here and there. And I taught some communications things. And I was teaching a leadership class for kids and then a mentoring program. And it was yeah. At the end of it all, man, it wasn't a classroom teacher. I was just teaching the fun stuff. You know, it's all the, you know, there's all the stuff that everybody would love to teach, just mentoring and leadership and kid connecting things. Absolutely, man. I can, you know, uh, I have this conversation actually with our admin team the other day, like you give me a good, you give me someone that loves kids and that can build a relationship. And I promise I can put them in any classroom teaching anything and those yep. kids are going to learn. Absolutely. Here's the thing, man, like, you know, I don't, I'm not bragging, but don't mind if I do. That's right. Is when, was when I was teaching science. I don't know anything about science. I never took a science. I was a music major. I never even had a science class. But what I learned from teaching band is building connections with kids and relationships. And and you know what? When you look at when this giant high school, we, we look at our grades, man. We, we Our classes were killing everybody at the end of course exams and standardized testing just because we loved each other and we loved and we, and we, and we became a family. Absolutely. So two things you said there um, kind of got me thinking about something. Um, you are from Texas, and I, I was thinking about this today while I was driving. You, this is number episode number five, and three of the dudes that I have had on this so far have a Texas connection. Um, I had Rick Ramirez last episode. He is yep. out of El Paso, Texas. And then I had Bob Barr, who has studied high-performing, high-poverty schools, is like a guru in that kind of field, but he started off teaching in 19, I think he said 65 in Fort Worth. 
Um, so, I mean, I'm not saying anything, but I guess Texas yeah. kind of is a big deal. Next thing you know, get, get, get Kevin Curtis on here. He's hey, he is, he is, yes, he is on the course uh, lineup. So uh, I want to get us kind of started with the episode and something, you know, you, you touched on about those connections. And, and that is absolutely, um, for me, an integral part um, of, of every successful lesson. So I kind of want to model that for those folks out there in Internet land. Um, so I have something called the two for two. And what I'm going to do is ask you two questions um, totally unrelated to the field of education. Um, because quite honestly, you know, um, Rick said it last episode, you got to reach them before you teach them. And so I want to know a little bit more about you. Um, I probably already know uh, quite a bit about you, maybe some things I don't want to know, but I know. Um, so my first question um, is, you discover a beautiful island where you decide to build a new society, what is the first rule that you put in place? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I thought we are going to have a superficial conversation. I didn't realize <laughs> you're going deep. Listen, I want to know your values. Like, what yeah, are you valuing? For sure, man. I think for me, and maybe this is on, you know, our current society serves as the impetus for this, but I think is just being kind. And man, I wish it was, I don't know, I wish maybe I was more philosophical or something, but just, I think, you know, for some reason, well, not for some reason, I kind of know why, but we've just become yeah, we've so lost far. that we've just simple kindness. Yeah. For I'm talking like kindness for no reason, just because yeah. they're another human being walking the planet. Yeah, I, I could not agree with you more. Could not agree with you more. I think, so if I had one one rule, um, <laughs> so there's this movie, you've probably seen it, The Invention of Lying. Have you ever seen that? There mm -hmm. is the, uh, I can't remember his name. He is a British comedian. And so he invents lying. So he like lives in this world where there is absolutely zero lying and he comes up with it. And, the, and it's comedy because he starts to do all these crazy things because he starts to lie about it. And all these people believe he's Jesus and all this. It's super funny. So I think what I would do is quite simple. You can't lie. Like no lying. You're not allowed to lie. Like just tell me. Like if I look bad in, in my outfit, just tell me. Don't lie. <laughs> do these horizontal stripes make me look fat? Yes. Yes, yes they absolutely do. <laughs> right. Get you some vertical ones. <laughs> All right, next question. I think you're really going to like this one. Um, which day do you consider to be the true start of the week, Sunday or Monday? Dude, for me, it is clearly no question. It's Monday. Yeah. Monday is the start. I completely agree. Come on. What kind completely. of psychopath? Well, you know. Monday's the start. You, you are wearing me, a cut-off hoodie. <laughs> you know, man, for me, it was, um, this is interesting. Um, it, what it's for, I think, not to mention, it started back when I was in like junior high, maybe probably in high school, where all the anxiety would, not anxiety, but just the disappointment, so because the end of the week was Sunday. We're coming to the end, I have to go back to stupid school tomorrow. And I think about all those books I brought home. I knew I wasn't going to do the homework. I'm just, I have no idea, but I thought bringing them home might count for something. Yeah. 
you know, all the tension and the anxiety would creep in knowing I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And, but now since I have a, you know, obviously a clearly a wise, mature adult, that, <laughs> um, you know, Sunday night is when at the end of the week, I get my thoughts together, how we're going to launch into the next week on Monday morning. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before you give me your two, um, man, just how, imagine if nothing else, you know, I know, I don't know how it is in Texas, but here in Kentucky, we have to do these quite honestly, stupid sea sips where you, you know, lay out your goals of what you're going to do for the year based on the test scores that were six months ago about, you know, what if our only goal for the whole year was just to make a school that kids wanted to be there. And that was, yeah. that was the only, you know, yep. man, that'd be crazy. All right. What are your two? Man, of all the things that you could look at any, any part of your life, doesn't matter. Personal, professional, community, world, global. What right now concerns you the most in your life? <sighs> so I'm going to take it. Um, I'm going to take it deep. So um, I'm honestly afraid of the world that my three-year-old soon to be four-year-old is going to inherit um you kind of touched on it earlier it seems like i don't know of another time in history that that people have been so divided and so unwilling to come together um i mean i say this all the time like in order to have lasting change in this country we have to get people on the same page. Otherwise it just keeps, it'll keep on swinging back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And um, one of my biggest ideas is that the president had to automatically take the second place person as their VP. Like, you, like, sorry, you got to work with the other side. Like, there's no choice. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I worry about, but but then at the end of the day, I also know, um, I also know there's people out there like you and I that are fighting the good fight. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe that's deeper than you wanted, but hey, that's yeah. me. That's whatever it is. Yeah. And here's the other thing I'm um, curious about is um, if you could go on the road and live on the tour bus with any rock band, living or dead, together or not, spend one week traveling on the bus, hanging out, chatting, who would it be? Ooh, okay. So um, there's a couple of sides to that answer. <sighs> because quite honestly, there is not any genre, and you said rock, so I'm gonna pick, pick rock. Um, I'm gonna be honest, like I would have to go with, oh, I would wanna pick John Lennon's brain. Yeah. I just would wanna sit beside him and George Harrison and just talk to him um, about life. Um, mm. Just, you know, what's going on? What's on your brain? Like, because they were some real deep, deep souls. Yeah. But then Man, it's crazy to think about the kind of impact that they were having on a society at that time. I mean, it would feel like such a huge responsibility to me. Oh, my God. My gosh. I mean, when uh, John said that the Beatles were bigger than Jesus, 
Yeah. And they literally like threw his albums in bonfires in the South. It's, it's just crazy to me. Crazy mm-hmm. to me. That, I don't know. But that's who I would have. I think we'd have a good time. Yeah. I might even learn how to play like the guitar instead of the banjo. Yeah, just get up there and act like it. You're fine. That's right. That's right. All right, bud, man. I appreciate that. Are you ready to hop into this? Let's go, man. All right. All right. So um, the name of the game here is the Big Ed Idea Podcast. So obviously everybody that comes on this podcast um, is a big, big dreamer. Um, and the, the, the name of the game for this podcast is we are working hard to try to connect the vision of one with the passions of another. So it's, it's kind of our hope that we're just going to throw someone's big idea out there into the uh, cosmos and hopefully somebody that's listening is going to catch on to it. They're going to reach out to you on social media and, you know, a big old avalanche snowball of momentum is going to get started and the, and the world's going to change because of that idea. Um, so my question before we can get to the idea is what is the problem that, that your idea ultimately hopes to um, address? You know, funny enough, it's what we talked about already. It is, um, it begins with the sense of divisiveness in our country and in lining up into separate teams. Excellent. And then all of the, um, the lack of kindness and the pessimism and in mudslinging and name calling and all that, that kind of goes along with it. Yeah. Yeah. I completely, oh yeah. Yeah. It kills me. It, it, it really kills me because, um, <laughs> what's funny is I remember my first day on the job at um, an elementary school, I stood up in front of my staff and I said, you know, I was in high school once. I don't want to go back to high school again. I do not like drama. And uh, I'm not that type of drama guy. Like I don't get into it. I don't let a lot really get under my skin. Um, So it really, I just don't understand the flip side. I don't understand that type of person. Um, But what's really, really funny is I said that and then jump forward two years i'm in a high school yeah (laughs) all right so what's your big idea man how are we going to solve this well you know what here's the good news i'm not sure how we're going to solve this but what we already have in place is the platform and here's what i love about what's going on and why i'm so optimistic about it is because we can look at the news any day we can look online we can look on social media and we can see examples everywhere of divisiveness we can see examples everywhere of us versus them and well i'm 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 labeled this because i'm a part of this tribe and you're clearly one of those because you wear that hat and you have those colors all that and and that is disappointing and it is disconcerting however the great news is the platform is already in place because we have the leaders of tomorrow sitting in our classrooms right now. We have an entire generation of people who are just barely below the age of 18, all at the same place at the same time. So we have them already together. So we have the platform already in place for solution, which I think oftentimes is the hardest part of putting these big ideas together. It's like, where do we even start? The good news is we have a starting place. There you go, yeah. It's already there. 
And I think if we can, uh, the, the challenge is how do we come together in such a way where we can have conversation and examples of this happening in classrooms of bringing people together where we, we, where, we, where we talk about putting unity back in community and bringing kids together because we know, like in having them understand the responsibility when they leave this classroom and go to the next school, the next grade, or when they graduate and go into the workforce or college or into society, this is your task, this is your responsibility. And man, we've already spent so much time talking to teachers how we can use the content of their classroom, whatever it is, whether that's mathematics or English or reading language arts, whatever it is, we can use the content of their classroom as the vehicle to teach one single ultimate lesson. This is what I talk about constantly is yes, I understand you teach AP chemistry at the high school, but the kid is going to forget all that stuff. So what are we going to use that content? We're going to use that content as the vehicle to teach what? What's the ultimate lesson the kid can't find on Google that is going to be a part of who they are, what they're going to pass on to their family, their own kids, and as a legacy for that human being forever? What is that for you? And when we really come together as educators and focus on this and really, I mean, just not just accepting, but relishing in the responsibility of this next generation of people that are coming out into our workforce, into our careers. And it, it is incredibly, incredibly exciting for me. And like a perfect example is when I, I was teaching high school when Katrina hit. Right. I was I teaching outside of Houston, Texas. I was yeah. bartending. There you go. And, and Katrina hit in New Orleans and we all watched and, you know, I mean, just the devastation of a city and completely flooded and, you know, people straight on overpasses and helicopters trying oh, to get rescued. Yeah. It was, and for, and so for weeks, yeah, lots of those kids came to our school. Right. In Houston, right? Yep. They're busting to Houston and it was unbelievable. Just, I mean, just, man, just to see people go to work working hard and just filled with empathy and compassion and finding people places to live and churches donating and people raising money. And these kids came to my school, lots of them. And we were enrolling dozens every day. And not only that, but we were providing clothes and food yeah. Yeah. And, and everything we possibly could. And one of my jobs at that time was to get these kids integrated and what happened was um, they clearly connected with who they were most familiar with, who was from New Orleans and those kids hung out with them. And then we had a lot of, I wanna say at that time we had over 20 languages, first, first oh, languages wow. spoken in wow. that school. So what happened was, is all these kids hung out in those, those people they're most familiar with that were in the neighborhoods that they lived in, the churches where they went to and they had the, the same language as them. And so when you totally looked, normal, yeah, yeah. Yep. When you looked at our cafeteria, it was color coded. Yeah, for sure, sure, sure. And it caused um, a lot of issues. But what we realized is, um, we went. We our school hired a speaker, a professional development expert, to come <laughs> in, and um, I remember her talking about how we need to teach kids about acceptance, and just as just the sound of that word accepting like i i accept even though that's who you are i'm going to accept you anyway 
it just it just made my skin crawl and i would look over at my principal i could see her shift in her seat like i, I don't know about that. <laughs> and so we just we just dealt with it and got through it and i talked to my kids about it because in the classroom these you know they there was no proximity of of separation because we're stuffed 34 kids was overcrowded into my little single wide i didn't even have a double wide at the time <laughs> in my portable building and so we're in a single wide i got 34 kids stuffed in there and you know and we, we and i talked about acceptance and what we talked and more we talked about it these kids were like man i don't want to be accepted that's you know i didn't cool and so we started talking about differences and i and we in and i facilitated conversation to the point where they came up with the idea of what if what if we were able to celebrate let's find it and what and this is the kids these are not my words these are kids words they said let's find out what's weird about each other absolutely and we and so that was our mission every day before we started class we started with 10 minutes of let's talk let's find out what's weird they want weird time man what what man tell me about your grandmother like what's the weirdest thing she eats? that's so cool <laughs> you know and they and and they would talk about some eel thing and everybody go nah and we go well how about your grandmother what would she and they would talk about the tongue and it was just the crazy and these kids loved it and celebrated it and then it was almost as if they would try to outdo each other on what's the weirdest thing what do y'all do for holidays if you if what man y'all don't have christmas well what do you have Right. You know, and so it was it was awesome. And what we found out was, man, it's almost as if the more differences we could find, the more it brought us together, dude. And I know that doesn't have to stay in one classroom with one silly old man teacher oh, like me. I know it can happen in every classroom. And the moment that we start getting away from making the priority is to come up with these obscure testing targets and goalposts that you know we're trying to get kids to meet and, and let go of that and yes we want to we want to sub some knowledge into the kids noggin but more than that man i want to i want to produce some academically high performing kids of exceptional character that's critical for me because when we send them out there and in our next generation is out there, it can be so much different than what it is right now. So, yeah, like goosebump moment. Um, I've said it here before, when I get the goosebumps, it means that I am super happy and super like, and like, yes, I get it. Like I completely, like that really speaks to kind of my belief um, that we've got to redefine the, the true purpose of a school. Is it just to shovel knowledge into the brains of kids? If that is if that is the case, then COVID has shown us just put a kid in front of a computer. To me, the true, and I think what you're saying here, the true vision or purpose of school now is to build society the way we need it to be. Um, I think we can do that at the same yes, time, yes. stuff content into the kids' noggin. Oh, absolutely. And I love what you say because I say it too. Let's use content as the vehicle. You know, let's use the content. Um, I, was, I was talking to, to our teachers the other day. One of my big things is our social studies classes need to be having tough conversations about tough times in history. Right now, the inauguration, 
um, the Capitol riots, Black Lives Movement. We need to be talking about that stuff because otherwise we have another generation that grows up not talking about it, not accepting each other's opinions, not accepting each other's um, differences. And then we, we're right back to where we are now. Sure. You know, I think the uh, biggest mistake, and I think you kind of alluded to it, we got so hypersensitive to the content and the standards and the testing that we completely took the humanity out of education. It's so true. And that's why we lose teachers. You know, and here's the most terrifying part for me when it comes to COVID. This is it. This is what, when I talk to teachers online, this is, I'm, I'm not scared. I'm telling you, I am terrified. Here's what it is is more than ever, I see teachers talking about leaving the profession. Now that's not unusual, that happens all the time, but what's terrifying is not only are they, they're not saying they're thinking about it, they're saying I have to. And here's the worst part, it's our best teachers that are talking about it. Yeah. Because right now, whether we're online or there's some weird hybrid or even in person, they're distance and there's plexiglass and there's mask and you don't high five, you don't hug, you don't hate, you don't hand, shake hands they feel like they're losing that humanization, that personal connection. And they feel like they can't do what they only ever wanted to do was make an impact. So those teachers that are able to connect with kids, those are the ones that are burned out. Those are the ones that can't do this anymore. And those are the ones that are leaving. Our subpar teachers, and in, listen, I know you're not supposed to say that, but in every profession, there's right. average and below average people. Right. Our average teachers and below average, they're not talking about leaving. You know why? in person, online, whatever, they're fine. Right. It's our best ones that are really hurting. Right. Yeah. I completely agree. I was having this conversation with the teacher the other day, you know, some of our teachers that are most stressed out um, are the ones that are having, you know, students not turning in work. And the reason they're stressed out is because they're taking it personally, because to them, if the kids aren't doing the work, it's because they don't, the kids don't value them. They don't have that relationship. They don't, like you yeah. said, like exactly what you said. We, you know, case in point, I might have, actually I did get into education for the summers off. I'm not going to lie, but it was because it would have been, it was a good profession to raise a family. What I quickly found though, it was my best way to change the world. And when- for sure. You know, and when you make changing the world contingent on a letter grade, yeah. again, a computer can do it, man. I'm not a computer. You know, I, I, um, there's that uh, saying to, you know, remember why you started. Yeah. And I'm not sure that's accurate for lots of teachers, especially me. It's, I think we should talk about, hey, just let's remember why you come back every year. For sure. Why we started and what brings me back are two different things absolutely because i don't think you can you really can't have the why a good why in place so you never even taught kids before you just showed up in a classroom we all have an idea of what this thing might be like but until you're impacting lives you build a connection with a kid and you see the light bulb and you realize this human being is in my life forever like you really don't it's hard to talk about until you actually are part of it yeah all right so you know, man, when you're talking about the um teachers taking it personally like that's a great conversation to have like like yes it is personal for you because you love them yeah like 
there's there's a direct correlation between how much a, a teacher cares for her kids or cares for his kids with how much with how painful this job can be. Shoot, yes. You know, of course, if you didn't care about them, you wouldn't it wouldn't hurt. It's okay. Yeah, that's okay. And for me, I you know I I, I look at this in terms of waves, and it's like almost you have to make a deal with yourself, like to have these tremendous waves of absolute the peak of excitement and euphoria, these amazing moments. Unfortunately, for that crest of that wave to happen, there is also a trough equal on the other side. Yeah. And so the question is, do you want to have a profession where it's just little highs and little lows, and you're not too happy, not too sad, not really excited, just mediocre, or do you want the big moments? And for me, I'm willing to go deep into the trough if I'm going to get that euphoric crest of the wave. Listen, I love roller coasters, love them. And I love this analogy. You can't have a good roller coaster without the highs and the lows, Yeah, you know? Um, but what I tell my teachers and what I've really, um, you know, I'll tell you the, the Facebook group that you started, Men and Ed, I remember that day that you kind of threw out that idea. You were just like, man, I just, I got this, I, you know, we got this idea to bring a bunch of guys together. I don't really know if it's going to work. And man, I just want you to know, like it reshaped who I am right now. Um, you know, here's the thing, man. You know what, what I knew was that there's so many guys across the nation and really across the globe that are in this business. And once they got into it, maybe didn't come in for it, but when they got into this business, they realized that they're serving in the role of a father for so many kids yes. that don't that does not have an an active dad in their life. Yeah. Some of them don't have a dad in their life. Some of them have a dad physically in the home, but not emotionally engaged. And just having a man that's emotionally engaged for a kid in their life and cares about them and clearly loves them and can say it. It's and says it. You're exactly right. It's a life changer, man. Like that's a big part of teaching too. Like you know, I think sometimes you know, it's like. Well, the kid, they, they, my car is here when they get here. My car is here when they leave. I'm here all night. They see how tired I am. They see how much I'm working. Of course, they, they know I love them. No, they don't know. They want to hear it. They got. They have to hear those. They want to hear it. So if there's a, there are any of our listeners out there that, that kind of get that feeling, you know, some days where you're just beat down and, you know, your kids aren't doing the work and you're taking it personally. I just want to give you a piece of advice that I started doing. Um Every single day, I want you to look for a God wink. So I want you to look for a reason that you are in this profession. And I promise you, if you start every single day with that mentality, you are going to find at least one. Whether that is, you know, for me, it is the, the student that, that comes to my room, skipped class, but came to my room because they needed to talk about what happened at home last night. Or that student that came to my room because they just felt like they were getting ready to blow up and go off on the teacher. So they ran out of class and they came to my room or, you know, it's that parent that calls and they they're cussing and ranting and raving, but that's okay because they actually care enough about their kid to call and cuss and rant and rave. So what I'm saying is, is listeners, if you get to that point and we all get to that point, Lord knows we get to that point. I want to challenge you to just, you know, jot it down, you know, go tomorrow when you wake up, go into that school building looking for one example of a God wink of why you got into that profession. 
Um, but I would challenge you, if you can't find it, I think you need to be doing some introspect. Yeah. You know, here's what I know is um, I forget there's a, the, the, the brain research, there's, you know, that's, um, I forget what? what it's called, but it's one of those things where you find what you're looking for. Like when you're about to, you think about buying yeah, right, a new right. car, you know, I'm thinking about getting a new gray Subaru Outback. And then all of a sudden you start seeing them anywhere, right. everywhere you go. There's one because it's on your mind. It's the same thing. Self-fulfilling like, prophecy, is that it? Something like that. And, um, but there's a, anyway, but that's the same thing when you start looking for the wing, you're going to find it. And the more you find it, you're going to see more of, and for me, just because of my personality, I love those moments, but I also look for the funny because I think we forget that this job can be hilarious and kids are completely <laughs> ridiculous and silly. And they say and do the most absurd, funny stuff every single day. And I can't wait to see and find those moments, man. I love it. Well, man, I'm a, I tell you, I think that is a great kind of, I guess we have reached the crest of our roller coaster, so to speak. And so we are on that downward, um, you know, you get done with the roller coaster and you look around and you didn't puke. So it must've been a good roller coaster. Um, and you're ready to do it again, but you know, the ride's coming to an end. So um, I think we're going to take us kind of towards the end of this uh, path, so to speak. Um, so tonight, um, we have talked about um, Hal's big idea to hopefully overcome um, this division that seems to, quite honestly, have gripped our country. Um, and his really, his big idea is, say it again, Hal? You know what it is, is... Um... As I said, we have the platform, we have the people, we have the kids, we have the next generation. They're all together at the same time. We have the personnel. And I think what we need is a, a, a structure, a, a commitment to accept and relish in the opportunity and some skills. You know, in addition to, we have to be taught how to have conversations. I know people talk about keeping politics out of the classroom, and I agree with keeping my personal political opinions out of the classroom. However, there is a way that we can facilitate conversation without including that. And I think my idea is um, bringing somehow everyone together on that same mission. Um, I, I really believe that we can make a, a profound immediate lasting difference yeah you know there was a time um there was a time where we had the privilege as educators to walk into that classroom and really only be concerned with the content yep um that day and age is long gone um no more do we live in a society um, where one parent can stay at home and pass on the morals and the um i guess you know, the societal expectations or, you know, beliefs, we're at a point, um, and maybe this is a deeper conversation, so I don't want to take it too far, but we're at a point where both parents have to work. We are at a point where I get home every night at 5, 5.30. I cook dinner. I do baths. I help kids with homework. I you know, read a book and I might, might get 30 minutes with my own kids. Yeah. So I think it's high time that our schools 
really, really and truly remember that we are raising kids. And if you think otherwise, you're pretty much lying to yourself. So I love what Hal is saying here, that we have the opportunity. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm even going to go farther than that. We have the responsibility. Agree. We have the responsibility to churn out what our society needs. You know, man, it's um, and deep down inside. I know. It might not be what brought teachers into it, but for those of us to come back year after year, decade after decade, <laughs> through through all this, deep down inside, that's what they want. I know it is. If you talk to teachers, deep down, there's there's some part of them still that wants to be the one the kids remember and talk about for the rest of their lives. And Amen. never before have we had a bigger and better opportunity than we do right now. And you're right, man, for years it's been going on. There's a downward slide in um, number of the marriages that stay together. There's a downward slide. If you look at the numbers of people attending church, you know, I mean, scouting is just about vanished. I mean, there's, I mean, all these things that we counted on as a society before are, it, they're, they're fading away slowly. And that, but that's been going on forever. What really poured the gasoline on that fire was the social media yeah Amen. and never before do our kids need to see someone in the flesh a human being living their life authentically before them each and every day connecting with them providing this information well i think that is a perfect uh stopping point for us tonight um, sure, it almost seems like a bummer, doesn't it? Oh, I know, I know, <laughs> it seems, I know. Seems, it seems like too much. So I've been, I've Man, been. I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> no, no, it, it's been great. It's been great. Um, so all of my listeners out there, um, all seven, eight of you, um, if you are interested in getting a hold of how, um, I'm telling you, uh, this is serious. I was on the on my way home uh, with Amelia. That's my three year old today, and I said. Hey, Google, who's Hal Bowman? And wouldn't you know it, Hal Bowman shows up on my um, phone and it listed who you were, like it had a website. And so I'm telling you, if you just speak it, the universe is going to show you who Hal Bowman is. But, you know, just in case, how, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, you can. I'm online. The website is halbowman.com, H-A-L-B-O-W-M-A-N. And then on all platforms, social media platforms, it's at Hal Bowman. Well, Hal, I have said this again, um, but I know um, I am one of many, many, many men um, who see you as someone that revitalized our passions in the midst of, quite honestly, probably could have been one of the worst times. Um, and, and we've, and many of us have talked about this. Though COVID has been literally horrible, some wonderful things have came out of it. And I, and I mean it when I say, I don't know if that would have happened if we hadn't joined Men and Ed. And I mean that, and I've heard more than one person say that. So from me to you, man to man, brother to brother, twin to twin, um, I mean it, man. I love you. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, brother. I love you. I love all that you do for your kids and uh, teachers and just the passion that you bring every day. Man, it means the world. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. And with that, 
my friends, I hope you have a wonderful evening um, or morning or whenever you're listening to this. But I, but I just want to challenge you as you start your day or end your day, make it a goal. Look for those God winks because I promise they are there. Thank you for hanging out with me here on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. My hope is that this would be a conversation, a meeting of the minds and a space for one person's vision to inspire the passions of another. However, none of this can happen without you. So let's be change agents together and build a better future. Please subscribe or reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Come to the conversation with your passion, and together, let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper.